This episode is brought to you by This Is L, StoryWorth, and Zola, and we are super happy to have them on board. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, welcome O-M-G. to If These Ovaries Could Talk. I'm Jamie. You're doing like I'm sexy scientist voice. <laughs> I'm Robin. <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. I didn't. I didn't wow. either. You are no. a VO artist, Jamie. I am one of those. But usually I play little tiny people with high voices. <laughs> it's true. You do. <laughs> yes. I never recognize your voices when That's you do amazing, them. I don't. Really? I really don't. I'm like a chameleon. You are. Look at that shit. Anywho. Okay. By the way, this is going to be a really <laughs> short intro because we got a big motherfucking guest today. Uh, huge. Okay. But, but ah! don't ruin it. Don't okay. ruin it. Wait, I got one bit of business okay. before we get okay. into that. Okay. Yeah. We want to remind all of our listeners that we're on our new little schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're always on, except for some weeks where we're not. Which is killing us softly <laughs> anyway, okay, so listen, back to the point. Don't forget that we only have one more episode. So next week, Monday, 12, 16, and yeah. then we are off for three weeks and we're back on January 13th. So we're going to be on a little much needed holiday break. We're going to need that because, because our, our kids, kids are going to be off from school. <laughs> so it will not really be a vacation. And we're going to be, no, it's not vacation, but it's <sighs> the holidays. So that's it's just going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. It means it's a little eggnog with rum in it. Yeah, just try not to miss us too much. You won't. We know that. It's okay. <laughs> but listen, while we, while you're on your little holiday break and you're feeling all giving, join mm-hmm. our join our Patreon community. Join us. Because we got all kinds of extra bonus content on there. Parenting tips, fertility talk, general idiocy that is mm-hmm. Jamie and Robin over mm-hmm. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. come join mm-hmm. us. Yep. You and you can get a um, lot more of this ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> Get us at patreon.com slash ovaries talk to join. So normally we would fill you in on something that's happening in our lives. Yeah, you know, we give you a little, little story background on Robin and Jamie, but today we're not going to do that no. because you are, you don't want to hear from us. No, because and I'll tell you why today our guest is Rosie, Rosie motherfucking O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Rosie like, fucking O'Donnell. So Rosie. Did you hear me the first time or the yeah, second? Uh, like, let, let's, oh we're getting right to it. Okay. Oh my God. Let, let's do it. Okay. Right, Rosie. Rosie, come here. So you have to talking. do some. Hey, welcome to our <laughs> show with our guest today. We'll do I that. Think on we the sh- side. I think you just did it. Yeah. There it is. It's I in. mean, you are a talk show host. So That's right. You should I just could interview fall us. back into that. <laughs> okay. So, so we should tell everybody we have Rosie O'Donnell here. I, Rosie fucking O'Donnell. Rosie fucking O'Donnell. Or as Melanie Griffiths would say, she always puts the curse in the middle of the word. So when I did a movie with Melanie Griffith, not to name drop right away. Please do. I mean, please do. She would always curse. Like most people say, give me a fucking hot dog. But she would always say, give me a hot fucking dog. (laughs) And I was like, Melanie, you're putting the curse in In between the compound word. That's not how it goes. (laughs) I mean, she can do whatever she wants. She's Melanie fucking fucking Griffiths. Wait, wait, I was like, how do you do that? Mel fucking a knee Griffith? It's yeah, hard to do. Works. It's hard. It's yeah. very difficult. My I, fucking dog made me laugh for two weeks. <laughs> hot fucking dog. I mean, I like that. Yeah. My daughter's just started saying fuck it. So that's how a old? fun. She's five. That's fun. Yeah. Well, it's surprising <laughs> because I have five and I cursed in front of all of them. And mm-hmm. most of them don't curse. My one in the Marines does. But I think that's part, of, part of the Marines. Part of being a Marine. And the other ones don't curse. They don't really. I mean, you know, considering how much I do. 
they grew up in well, the maybe house that's, with It's me. like that thing, like if your parents were really clean, then you're a mess. It's like, like that Alex thing. Alex P. Keaton being a Republican. Well, yeah, that's what well. I thought about my son joining the Marines. I'm like, yeah. how do you piss off right. your left-wing pacifist mother? <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> that's one way to that's do it. Tough. I'll get your attention. Yeah. How, how did you guys like reconcile that? Like, is it an issue for you or do you just like overlook it? At- well, you know, we were here at 9-11 mm-hmm. and he was six years old. And it changed everything for him. He used yeah. to draw the Knights of the Round Table and King Arthur and castles. And then as soon as that happened, all he did was draw army stuff. Yeah. When, you know, all of a sudden there were men with machine guns Everywhere. on the George Washington yeah. Bridge. Yep. You know, you remember that time if you mm-hmm. were here. It was yeah. pretty terrifying. It was. And he would go to the little firehouse next door to our apartment and this little toehead blondie and these huge men crying in their blues, Ugh. their dress blues. He would tap on their, you know, jacket on the bottom and say, I'm sorry, your friends died trying to oh. save people. Oh, I was my like, God. And he wanted to go every week for like a year. Wow. He ended up going, stopping by there. Wow. And so I think it had a profound effect on his psyche. Yeah. yeah and that's what he wanted to do since 9-11. Yeah, and you can't really say anything about can't that. Stop You're that. just like, okay, then. He does say beautiful things like, um, you know, Mom, I'm fighting so that we don't have to fight over here on this country so that you and my sisters and brothers aren't going to be, you know. Like, he has a strong belief in this nation and and Mm -hmm. a belief that only in America could he, a kid who was adopted, be adopted into a family that, you know, loved him and cared for him and, and that... My family, there was, you know, a lot of hardship in in my childhood. And he's like, only in America could this have become a story. So I owe America. I, of course, corrected him and said, no, you owe me. You do not owe America anything. But thank you for for thinking of it. Yeah. This is Parker. This is Parker. I remember you talking about Parker Mm -hmm. on the Rosie O'Donnell show. I can't believe he's so old now. But I want to ask you, uh, so we always start off with like the elevator pitch about your family. So it's like that, like explain your family. I mean, I don't know who doesn't know your family. But like, you know, give us the whole like how how you made your little non-traditional family. Well, I always knew I would adopt. I had a teacher in seventh grade, math teacher who really loved me and helped me through the death of my mom, Mm -hmm. which had happened two years before. And she was 27. I was 13. And she was so unbelievably maternal and kind. And and there was an incident where I ran away from school because one of the teachers, it was a junior high, and everyone in the elementary school understood that my mother had died, but there were four schools that merged into the junior mm. high. Mm. And these teachers didn't know, and this poor guy, Mr. Kaplan, was like, where's your mother? I'm gonna, What's your mother's phone number? Oh. I'm going to call that. And I was like, and then all the kids in the class who knew started buzzing, and right. so I ran out of the class, out of the school and hid in the woods, like oh. till it got dark. Oh, yeah, it was kind of a in, yeah. trippy and intense. So I didn't go back to school for like a week or two. Oh I was God. like, I'm not going. I'm just not going. And then the teacher, the principal came to my house. And and so when I got back, she took a special interest and she had me in her math class, which was not my strength and really did love me back to life. So she's the woman that I, I have a school in New York City and the school's named after her and her children are my godchildren and they have children now. So she always taught me that you didn't need blood to have a family because yeah, right, she right. took me in and made me part of her family and 
you know, t- first person to hug me. I was one of those kids, didn't Aww. know where to put my arms, you know, one of those <laughs> awkward little <laughs> like, oh. church. She taught you how to hug. She did. She yeah. taught me how to give someone. It's a skill. It yeah. is. And then I've been told I'm a good hugger. I don't want to brag. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. I, We're I, hugging I, you before we leave. Just I'm all encompassing of my hugging, right? People are like, you're an over hugger. I'm like, <laughs> I've heard other bad things about me. but It's one of my like, mom's biggest that. thing. You got to be a good hugger. Yeah. If, if she meets you and you're not a good hugger, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. There's something wrong with you if you're not yeah. a good hugger. <laughs> so I knew that I was going to have uh, adopted kids. I didn't know. I knew a lot of kids. I wanted like 10, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And then I had my, I adopted my first son when uh, I was 33. And I had already achieved a level of success that gave me financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And I knew I needed that because I knew I was going to need help. And so I adopted Parker. And then two years later, I adopted Chelsea. And that was a very conflicted and sort of troubled adoption. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Really? With Parker's adoption, it was easy as can be. Now, you did this sing- as a single yes, mother? with the first two babies okay. I was single. And what went wrong with Chelsea? The lawyer, which I didn't know, who, who Martin Short had recommended, uh-huh. had lost his license in the interim between when Martin Short adopted what? a baby years ago oh. and when I called him. But he didn't let me know that. So uh, he <laughs> feels had, like an important detail. But um, he had a, a couple and he said they were college kids and that they were pregnant and they were just really ready to, and it was all a lie. And there was, you know, tremendous amount of mental illness and, you know, criminal behavior. And there was just, it was like a a sad gene pool to go fishing in, you know. And Chelsea, we found out when she was 16, had a stroke in utero. Because the the mother was a drug user. We talked to a couple who had a foster child. A foster child, yeah. That uh, they, they learned how to stroke in utero. It took a lot of work for them to get that information figured out. It took so long for us since she was 12. She's been sort of under really intensive medical treatment to mm. try to help her, you know, figure out a way to relate to other people. But they wanted to give her Alzheimer's drugs to make synapses across the the hole right. where the stroke was. And um, it's just been very tragic. Now she has a baby. She's living in Wisconsin, hopefully you know, she's going to get on the right track kind of soon. But um, that was a difficult adoption. And then I met Kelly, Mm -hmm. and then I adopted a third. She wasn't so thrilled about that. Kelly or Chelsea? Kelly. Right. Like said, I only wanted to have one kid and travel the world, and I already had two. And then I was adopting a third one without really consulting too much. Oh, you just did it on your own. (laughs) Well, yeah. I just. How long were you in the relationship? Was it early days? It was probably two years in. And then so you just brought a kid home? I just said, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, li- literally, if this was a show about how to ruin a marriage, <laughs> I would have like three hours of stuff that I, you know, I always put the kids first above the relationship. I don't recommend you do that either. No. But that's what I did. And I was, I always knew I would have a lot of babies. And so mm. then we adopted Blake and everything was great. And then I wanted to adopt another baby. And she was like, I'm going to have the baby. And I didn't care where the baby came from, really. Right. It wasn't like invested. So you're still a non-bio mom either way. Correct. Yeah. Even yeah. If- so Vivi tells everyone, they say, you're not adopted because Kelly gave birth to you. 
She's like, well, my other mom had to adopt me, uh-huh. so I'm. You half did second ad- parent adopted. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I'm half adopted. She says, <laughs> but because she wants to be, be like her siblings. Correct, and it's odd to be half adopted when you look so much like your bio mother, who's mm-hmm. in the picture. Yeah, they you look know? kind of identical. They right? look alike. Yeah. yeah, especially when they were little, like yeah. pictures of Kelly at that age. So then Kelly and I got divorced, and then I got remarried to a woman who got sick with cancer after mm-hmm. a year, oh. and became dependent on the pain meds. Mm-hmm. It was very sad. And we separated and she gave up her rights to our, we adopted another baby. So yeah. what had happened was I had had a heart attack when I was 50. She had had this cancer and I got a call from the lawyer who got me Parker, who said, I have a birth mother who doesn't want a dad in the picture. And if you know anyone, let me know if there are two women that and so I was like, hold on a second. Now, my my <laughs> wife, my ex-wife, who's now sadly died, yeah. oh, her so own sad. life is oh. very tragic, after she had moved to Florida, got remarried, and adopted another baby. Oh. Yeah, so it was a highly tragic situation. But she had... Uh, no, what? Now I got distracted myself by the sadness. You were going. By the sadness. <laughs> you were going. So you had a heart attack. She had. She had cancer. cancer. And then on the way home from Lois Smith's funeral, who was a legendary publicist, uh-huh. someone came over to me and said, "I'm adopting with the same lawyer you used for Parker." And I'm like, "No, he had a brain tumor. He's out of the business. It's someone lying to you." She goes, "No, here's his number." So on the way home, I called him up. Now, in the meantime, I think that Michelle got sick from the in vitro fertilization. She had this rare thing called desmoid tumors, which is a gelatinous mass Mm -hmm. inside your mesentery, which is the coating that, the net coating that holds in all your organs. So she had trouble going to the bathroom and they did, and it's this very rare form of cancer that um, is scary. So she went through in vitro. She went through in vitro before I met her. Uh, And and then when I met her, she did it twice. It didn't work. Uh During the year, we were together one year before she got sick. And we broke up. And Mm. so I I kept Dakota, my daughter, because she had moved on and and moved. And this is the one, this is the daughter that came from the lawyer who called you saying, I have a birth mother who doesn't want a father, a dad. Right, and this is the only one of my five adopted children that was an open adoption. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, they were wow. not doing open this adoptions was a while as much ago. when yeah. you were first adopting. Right? right. They that weren't was not doing the thing. it at all. Yeah. And I, I mean, my friend Christine Ebersole adopted mm-hmm. um, babies, open adoption at the same time. And I remember thinking, how could you do that? Right. Yeah. What if they, you know, kind of freak out? And what if they, and she's like, no, it's all fine. And she's one of those yeah. kind of yeah. ethereal. <laughs> she seems like that. <laughs> she's actually. like that. She's yeah. very, and uh, it's, it's nice to hear she is actually like that. She is like that. <laughs> and, so when this baby came up, I said, when they told me the situation, I said, well, you have to tell her that it's me. Tell her she'd have to s- sign a clause that said she wouldn't talk about it to the tabloids. And would she want to do it knowing that I'm 50 and that I had a heart attack and, and that my wife had this horrible cancer? And she did. Mm-hmm. This was the first baby that she, she, that she placed and then afterwards placed two or three more. Mm-hmm. And she's the, the light of my life, this little thing. Oh, sure. She, and she was uh, tested for autism and given a diagnosis of autism at three. Mm-hmm. Oh. And she's highly, highly verbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has, you know, some of the social interaction problems and, you know, some of the obsessive stuff. Like she will do anything for Minecraft. Oh, my that God. Is she, like is, she my, is she my son? How old? Henry? Eight. 
Yeah, she's Minecraft six. and now Fortnite, but Minecraft to he like builds games in yeah. the in the in the server and all that jazz. In the creative. Yeah, 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 yeah she yeah. goes into creative yeah. too. Or she <laughs> plays this game called Fashion Frenzy where you have to dress yourself up based on the category and then you vote for the other people and she plays this game but she can't read. So I have to play the game with right, her. Of course, you know? of she's course. like, "Mom, they're randomizing the clothing." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm coming." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, like it seems like I mean, it's one thing to like read little snippets about what you went through, but to hear you tell it beginning to end, like that's a lot. That's a lot. Like, how did it play out for all the kids and for the family? Because it's the family structure has been has morphed so. Yeah, many yeah. It, you know, I was one of the people who believed I would never be divorced. Right. Like I thought it was a re- no one in my family had been divorced. Mm-hmm. Robin and I were just, just talking, talking about, about this. this. Yeah. yeah. How you can never be too sure. Right. You know, you think you won't. Right. But and how do you really know? No, and I, you know, my mother died when I was 10. It was such a shock to the system and sure. everything got unearthed at that age. And so here we were breaking up when the kids were in that age yeah. range. And, you know, in the end, uh, I think they all decided. And when we talk about it, they're like, it's better this way. So timeline wise, for because in my brain, I think of you... Uh, the Rosie O'Donnell, like this is my timeline for you. There's okay. the Rosie O'Donnell show. Well, there's a league of their own. Is it nice to own. have other people say your life back to you? <laughs> yeah. Like this? Okay. yeah. Okay, go ahead, Jamie. Ooh, speaking of a league of their own, my my oh, um, preparation, wait, my preparation for coming here was just going to be to just watch a league of their own a million more times because <laughs> it's such a good film. It's, oh, it's so on good. all the time. It's classic. It's such a great I feel like movie. it's making a comeback because this Halloween, it my were a daughter, lot of kids. Did you see? Yeah, yes. there were all these. Peaches. What were they called? The um, Rockland Georgia Rockland peaches. 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 I was going to say right. Georgia peaches, but that's not right. Yeah, they, they, all these little girls I mean, I was in the dressed ballpark. up. I, I, I feel like there needs to. You can't really do a sequel of that movie, can you? Well, you know, they're doing a new with one of the girls from Broad Street. Uh, oh, Broad City. Broad, Broad City. City. They're she funny. is doing another version of kind of League of Their Own, but with gay. Oh. Because Penny was very adverse to the gay stuff. In she it. really was yes. Penny wasn't gay. No, isn't that shocking? It, it is, is kind of shocking. I bet she had a couple of flings. No, I don't think so because she was really kind of thrown by the concept. And you know, she when I had that big scene where I say, you know, before I came here, I felt like a weird girl yeah. and not even a girl. Yeah. But I think we're all right. That, that is a so scene. a coming out yeah, scene. Like, yeah, totally. And so she, I did it the first time. She goes, cut, <laughs> Rosie, it's, this is not about anything gay. What are you doing? I'm like, this is about her being gay. It this really is. This is about Doris Murphy coming to understand that she has people her own age. Yes. And like her. Like her. And that yeah. she's not alone. She's not, you know. So she, we did it like four <laughs> times. And every time I'd say, okay, I understand. I do it the same way. <laughs> Because I, like, this is how it it's done. Moxie. Well, that was what I was doing in my character. Yeah. So that's how what I was playing mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. time. So yeah. to all of a sudden like do that like it was a nothing scene. Yeah. You know, but and that's she, like her one of the most powerful scenes in it. Yeah. You couldn't not yeah. do it that way. Yeah, that's what I felt. Yeah. yeah. But she um, you know, was great and it's so sad that we lost her. So Yeah. So to to this day, we still walk around and go, Marla Hooch, what a hitter. Like, that is just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. and that like giant shot of her so far away. It's right. just like, that That's movie was just one. everything. That's such a it good was, movie. It was, it was a good movie. Female, powerful. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, Robin, you know what us two mom families spend the most money on in an average year? No, therapy, <laughs> boots. I don't know. <laughs> no. 
feminine care products. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Twice the tampons. Yeah, I got right. it. Yeah, exactly. But I have the company for all our two mom families out there. L. That's the letter L. It's a period and personal care company that is focused on giving you organic period care products without the organic prices. Oh, I love the organic thing. Mm -hmm. And I also love the non-organic prices that are attached to it. Totally. But Elle makes tampons, pads, and liners with organic cotton because they believe a natural product just makes sense for a natural process. So there's no pesticides, chlorine, fragrances, there's no dyes, nothing. I actually use L now and I I love their products, but you know what I love most about the company is that for every L product that you purchase, one is made accessible to a woman or a girl who needs Mm. it. So to date, they've made over 200 million products accessible and counting. So when you get L, you're part of helping that movement grow. That is really so good. Did you know that there are girls missing school all around the world just because they can't get period products? What kind of backwards shit is that? I know. I feel good knowing I'm using a product from a company who's giving back to the world, to the girls. I mean, uh, let's let's take care of our girls. Let's let's slow your roll. We know that you care. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, I also love that they're easy to get. Yeah. And you can find L by going to your local Target. Honestly, it's the best looking package on the shelf. You just look for a clear canister with a gold lid or white bags with a large gold circle on the front. Or you can get your L organic tampons, pads, and liners right now by going to thisisl.com slash OCT. That's thisisl.com slash OCT. So that's the word this is and the letter L.com slash OCT. Take care of our girls. (laughs) Jamie, Jamie. So timeline wise, for because in my brain I think of you like this is my timeline for you. There's okay. the Rosie O'Donnell show. Well, there's a. Is it of nice to own. have other people say your life back to you? <laughs> yeah. Like this? Okay. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Because in my head, during the Rosie O'Donnell show is when you had Parker and Chelsea. Because yes. I remember you talking about them, and I think I knew you were gay. You went out then? Not really, but everybody kind of everybody kind of knew. Because yeah. I remember watching it and thinking, I just love that she's talking about her kids mm-hmm. and she's gay. Like you were like the first one to do yeah. this. Yeah. You were um, a trailblazer. Yeah. Family. And I do have to just tell you that when we started this podcast, we have about a neighborhood of like 400 Google docs of like things we're doing and you know, whatever. <laughs> and that we were like, people were going after it, And the very first name that we wrote in was you. Yeah. Well, when I heard it was a gay family planning podcast, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I've Good. Got, I, I made this- my gay family in a, a way that people don't as much, you know, I don't see anyone with a, a big posse like, um, you know, of kids like I do anymore. You do have a posse. I have a posse. You made a posse. I did. And um, <laughs> most people I know are having babies within their yep. their unions and still very difficult if mm-hmm. you're it's still expensive to, There's, to adopt. You know, it's expensive. Yes. All we talk All about that. Like uh, we had a very easy go of it. Like I got pregnant pretty easily. We, they just put it in there, you know, happened with it. We still paid about six grand a kid. That's a lot of money yeah. just to have a baby. Yeah, that's a lot cheaper than adopting. A right, lot. adoption a is lot. very expensive. Yes. And there are so many unknowns when it comes to adoption. Yeah, and that's scary. You know, when there you're is. young, you think that love can cure every, anything. Right, but, no. You know, when you adopt babies and, you know, you don't know where, like a plant comes up from your in your garden and you have no idea what this plant is mm-hmm. and whether or not it can survive in this location and how to ch- care for this kind of plant. Right. And if they were with, you know, their birth family, all those kinds of plants, people know, well, oh, this is how we live. This is mm-hmm. how we, you know, so it's interesting to see one kid pop up as like a daisy and the other kid pop up as, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of other flower that you're either familiar with or you're not. Yeah. 
But it's a lot scarier now for me than it was when I was 30. And, you know, 33, I adopted Parker and I was so excited and naive, maybe. Yes, I think there's a real falsehood that's told about adoption, that it all... You know, once you adopt, the kids are yours forever and there's no bumps. Right. No, you're you're taking the bumpy road. Do you think yeah. it's more bumpy than having a baby on your own? Yes. Because of the primal wound that the baby feels from being separated mm-hmm. from their mother. There's wonderful research where they did with chimpanzees where they take the chimp away from the mother and they see what effect it has even being raised by a different mother within their their area, their zoo, or their jungle, whatever. But it was a very profound thing that they had even a a metal mother with just milk, but no loving, no cuddling. Mm. And then they had another mother who raised as if it it was their own. But I think it's a bigger challenge in some ways when you adopt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We we had like a lady who talked about that. She Camilla. talked about like that, yeah, that there was a separation that you no matter what, there's a feeling of loss you have to deal with. Yes, there's like a primal wound. And at, at some point, each of the younger ones now, Dakota hasn't done it yet, but the younger ones like said to me at seven, you know, why didn't my mother want me? Ugh. And, you know, I always say to them, Well, look at a baby. Let's look at a baby. We'd be at the mall or something and see that baby. Do you know anything about that baby? No. Right. That's just a baby. But mm-hmm. you know about the mommy. The mommy wasn't ready to be a mommy. So God looked inside her tummy and figured out there was a mix-up, and he knew he had to get you to your right mommy. Mm. And he's like, and that's why we're a good match. I'm like, that's right. That's why we're a That's such a great answer. That's a good one. Yeah, that just popped in my head one day. But these are the things you have to think think about. As an adoptive parent, as an LGBTQ parent, we have to have all these kinds of conversations all the time. We have to have the stories. We have to know what we're going to say about the fact that, no, you don't have a dad. You have a donor. You know, you have to have... Yeah. You have to have the narrative figured out and ready to go at any it's moment. It's interesting because we have that with Vivi because Vivi had a donor mm-hmm. right. that we that we knew. And mm-hmm. Oh, that, it was someone you knew. Yes. I was too afraid of the... Of the banks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I just was. But... Um, so she had a donor that she knew, and Vivi is now very interested. And, you know, oh. we haven't had that. Like, none of the other kids. Does she know who the donor is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. She knows. We, she hasn't met him, but she okay. knows who he is, and she's, like, seen his Facebook, mm-hmm. you know. But Chelsea, when she got, when she was 16, went to find her birth parents. Oh. Yeah. And it was uh, kind of a tragedy, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, no. Her mother showed up with cameras and sold these oh, stuff, no. too. Oh, because you're yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah. And and Chelsea was talked about on TV for, yes. for a while. I told everyone I tried to kill her with a wine bottle, chasing her around the house. And I'm like, everyone knows I don't run. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a lie. Okay. I might have like trudged towards you slowly. <laughs> also that you wouldn't waste the wine. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But she left what out the what conversation. Oh, I came home from a Harlem apartment of a guy who was just learning to give tattoos. Oh, that's a good oh, plan. Oh, honey, thank you for telling me that. That's a good plan. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so timeline. We keep getting distracted. So Parker and Chelsea were during the Rosie O'Donnell show. And yes. then Vivian's the, the next one. The next is Blake. Blake and oh, with that was Kelly. Still, der- he was uh, one when I left the show. Okay, okay. I think I actually remember that there <coughs> I was carried a baby. him in the last episode. I think I remember uh, that. And then we gave birth to Vivi. Right. Kelly gave birth to Vivi. With the known donor. With the known donor. Mm-hmm. And that was around was when that- I was 40. Okay, was that IUI, IVF? It was at home. 
we had oh. a four, turkey baster. Yeah, guy came over one time. It was what? On, wow. on March seventeenth, the day my mother died. Oh. That was the day that it happened to be coinciding with her a magical her business her, her ovulation stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, I put it in. Wow. He left it in the bathroom. I put it in, and uh, it took in one day. That's romantic. Wow. Right. So, they said it was 4% chance that like, that would you, happen. That's yeah. the dream. That's the that's dream. That's the dream. We lived the dream. You sure did. And then we got this beautiful little baby, Vivi, mm-hmm. who was just adorable and smart and great, and she's so neurotypical. You know, you know both the parents. There's no hardship. When people are adopting out their children they're usually in crisis Mm -hmm. and that's something that adoptive parents have to know and with crisis comes what you know mental instability Mm -hmm. and untreated health issues and so it's it's a challenge I think in some ways you don't have all the information that you want and when you're adopting sometimes you don't get all the facts purposefully yeah you know back in the day yeah Mm -hmm. I think nowadays it's a lot easier so with Dakota Mm-hmm. With the open adoption, it was you know something I had never and even imagined. You, and you were in contact with the mother before while she was pregnant. Well, for uh, the last two months, uh-huh. so they I found out in like November, I think Lois died, and and then by January seventh, we had a baby. I just realized too, you have like the inverse of most people. Like m- all of your kids except one are adopted. Like that's, that's sort right. of like the inverse, <laughs> right? Like that exactly. One, you know. <laughs> I wonder, was was that hard for her or for well, Abby? I would was say it? she likes to feel she's adopted. She right. tells she everyone that adopted. I'm adopted. That's just such a funny thing is like, I'm adopted. You yeah. know, like take it as a badge of you know, <laughs> right. you know, exactly. honor. Right, exactly. To be, you know. I always felt after I adopted Parker that if I had had a baby that I didn't want people to say, oh, that's the real one. Yeah. Oh, right. the real baby. I felt very concerned about not doing genes at all once I had adopted him because yeah. I didn't want anyone to feel that they weren't part of the family. Well, did your older did your older kids have any issues with the fact that your wife carried a baby and there were genes involved with that one? No. 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 I can't Nothing imagine a world where up. you didn't make it completely. I mean, it's you know, very like exciting loving and, to get you know a sibling. What I mean? Well, I can tell you this, that I don't know what it's like to carry a baby and give birth to a baby. So... I don't know what that's like. Kelly knows what that's like. And it creates, I think, a connection that is hard to articulate, but mm-hmm. that is there. Mm-hmm. That's obvious. Right. You know? Did you ever feel jealous about not caring or having your genes involved? And I never wanted my genes involved. There's a lot of craziness in my family. And uh, my mother died very young, uh, breast cancer. You know, my dad's family, all alcoholics, all heart disease, all... I don't know. I never felt, and my sister and brother get mad. I hope they're not listening, but they get <laughs> mad at this when I say that because that's implying like, oh, you do, so my kids are arguing. Yeah, right, right. But- I'm not like saying, I'm just saying for me. Yeah, for right. me with my life experience with Pat Maravell and finding a family that wasn't biologically mine, but fitting in there and, yeah. and feeling love and all the things that make life full of joy. It was the right path for me. Mm-hmm. So I never really felt jealous. I never felt that I wanted to experience that. Hey, Robin, you know what? What? My dad used to tell the most amazing stories about his life. Aww. He had a pretty crazy life. And he was like really entertaining with his stories. And he always said he was going to write them down. 
but you know, he never got the chance. Mm-hmm. No. And so now we're stuck with my regurgitated retellings <laughs> of his story. And they're, I have the worst memory. Not it's, funny. it's not working. So I've decided I am not going to let that happen again with the rest of my family. Everyone is getting StoryWorth for Christmas this year. Oh, I love StoryWorth. I mm-hmm. gave it to my sister last year. Oh, you did? And it's been like a really great tool to help us all stay connected since we're all so far away from mm-hmm. each other. Basically, StoryWorth is an online service that helps your loved ones tell the story of their lives through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. Yeah. So every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts, like questions that you've never thought to ask, like what have been some of your life's greatest surprises and what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? That's That's, That's a good one. And then they can write as much or as little as they want. They can add pictures and they can really just make it their own. And after a year, StoryWorth will compile every answer question and every photo that you choose to include into this beautiful keepsake book that's shipped to you for free. I love it. You never know what family history story worth will uncover. Yeah, I had no idea that my sister... No, I probably shouldn't tell that story. It's a little dirty. <laughs> I think I need a copy of the yeah, book. Totally. <laughs> you can add and you can give us give it to as many people as you want. Okay. Well, I'm excited for this. I think we should all preserve and pass on memories with Storyworth, the most meaningful gift for your family. You can sign up today by going to storyworth.com slash OCT and you'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash OCT for twenty dollars off. Do it. And memories. your sister might tell memories. inappropriate stories too. <laughs> I never thought about that. Do you know that? Like someone asked me once, well, you're robbing this kid of a father. Right. I was like, never entered my mind. It never <laughs> entered mine either. I was never, I wasn't that close with my dad growing up. So I didn't yeah. think, I, I, I was always like, this, my mom was my world. I, my dad, well, yeah. take it or leave. Well, so I just figured they'd be the family. same. I thought, well, what? What's the it's difference? Not, what, you know, yeah. I don't know. I didn't, it didn't enter my mind. Until somebody You're a much more compassionate you. person, right? <laughs> They, when they asked me, I was completely dumbfounded. Yeah. Too. What? <laughs> no. Did it ever come up with your kids? Did any of them yeah, ever Parker have feelings? Parker said when, um, I wish I had a daddy. I said, I know a daddy would be great. What do you think you'd like to do as daddy with a daddy? He goes, well, I don't know, like play catch with the mitts and stuff. I go, well, you are lucky because mommy is one of the really good baseball players around. And let's go outside. We went and bought yeah. the mitts. We went, we threw for literally... 20 minutes. 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. at the most. And then he's like, okay, I'm well, done. you know what? It wasn't that great. <laughs> I was like, okay. And he goes, I guess I'll just keep you. I said, okay. Because <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, when we were on the beach with Kelly's family when he was very young, he said, you know, some people were talking down by making the sandcastles about it's wrong to have two mommies and not a daddy and a mommy. I said, yeah, well, what did, what did that make you feel, you know? And he said, it made me feel bad that I don't have a daddy. And uh, what do we do about them? I, I go, there are some people like that, that that's how they feel. He goes, I think I'm one of those people. He was seven years old. Hmm. And I was like, wow. I said, well, that's something you're going to have to think about, honey, because if you had a mommy and a daddy, then you wouldn't have me because I'm the kind of mommy that wants another mommy. And that's when he really thought about it and said, "Okay, I'll just keep you. You know, I was like, thank the Lord. I could imagine what was coming next, you know. (laughs) Then I was so angry at Kelly's family that that they're, you know, amidst that that Southern Baptist craziness, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't control what they hear. It was so weird of a time where you couldn't really say you were gay, but mm-hmm. when you have a child, you out yourself mm-hmm. because you go to the parents' school, the, the even the pre-K, yep. and you this is your partner. Constantly. And 
I remember when Parker was a baby and I was on TV and the nanny would say, um, he would tell people at the park, oh, my mommy and my other mommy. And Geraldine would be like, don't say that, Parker. You can't be saying that. I'm like, don't tell him that right. he can't talk about his yeah. own life. Well, right. you're on the show. We don't want people to know. I'm like, well. You've got to be able to pay me. <laughs> yeah, you got to still There's be able too. to pay me. Yeah. yeah. Was that, was that, can we talk a little bit about what it was like to be out during that time? Because like sure. nobody was out at that time. Like, I mean, well, at I that wasn't level, really out. you weren't I mean, out publicly. No, but I would like, but Kelly would sit next. Exactly. Kelly would sit next to me at every award show. I would go with her. I would, you know, I don't know, but it was um, lying, but by omission. Right. In a way, because at that time, nobody thought anyone could be out and be on TV. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, was the network ever like, mm, just keep that to yourself? No, because when I started, before I took the job, I said, I want you to know I'm gay at a table full of all executives. Uh. And I don't imagine that I'll ever want to talk about it because it's not like the biggest thing in my life. Yeah. But I would much rather help children who are in crisis than I would to use them my, you know, gay ma- mantra or whatever. I, I just felt really pulled to children who were in crisis. Because that was the hardest time in my life. It wasn't the the realization of my gayness that was so, you know, that was kind of okay. But I didn't, like, wrestle with it like mm-hmm. people did. Also because I didn't have a mother mm-hmm. to disappoint. Everyone says you have you don't want to look in your mother's eyes and see disappointment, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I never had that. So right. I told my sister and my brother, you know, when I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm in love with Chrissy Salucci. <laughs> You always remember this first. She's in Norway, and I just looked her up last weekend on Facebook. And did we find her? I found her. And did you talk to her? Well, no, I sent her an email. You know, she still talks about you. She's like, I I went to college with Rosie O'Donnell. And we played Scratch My Back in the Yeah, you did. Oh, I bet you did. Yeah, you did. I bet you did. That's all we did because I was still like a little like, what do you do with this? Yeah. This is all too much. It's like you can kind of see what the beginning of it is, but maybe not the next steps after that. Yes. Like I kind of mm-hmm. want to hang out with you a lot, maybe make out a little bit, but then after that, what happens? Yeah, yeah. right. And then <laughs> you figure we all went out what that. happens. Yeah, a little bit. And then you get to be my age and you're like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Honey, let's cuddle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or you have kids and same thing. Same, yeah, same. You same just, thing. But I still think it was really brave because like yes. at that time, like in the entertainment industry, like, like you said, people were not giving out shows to people. They were not like the fact that even before the show started, you sat in a room of executives and you were willing to like let it go if they were like, well, I wanted to make sure that they weren't going to be anti-gay in case I was out. To tell you to zip it up. Right. And I'm like, before you spend this money, because it costs a lot of money to launch a show, I want you to know that. And, you know, you can decide when I'm not here what that means for you and your life. But and then while I was on my show, Ellen's show was on and there was a big thing that she was going to come out as a lesbian. And I remember thinking, well, her career's over. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Whoever yeah. was that brave to do that. Yeah. And then I was asked all these questions about it, you know, when I'd be walking on a red carpet or what uh, do you think about Ellen? And I was like, oh, what can I say? You know, yeah. how do I do that? But when she came on my show, I tried to like stand by her in a lesbian sisterly way. Yeah. And when she said, you know, oh, I'm Lebanese. I'm like, maybe I'm Lebanese too. Oh, yeah. oh I, I remember, remember that. that. I forgot right. about that. I forgot right. about that. That's, that's an iconic that such moment. A big moment. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I wanted didn't want her out there alone. You know right. that Tori Amos song, your mom shows up in a nasty dress mm-hmm. and it's your turn yeah. now to stand 
where I where stand. I stand. Everyone's looking at you. Grab hold of my hand. Yes. But I, I can't hear them. You have to sing it so I can hack it. What if I'm a mermaid in those jeans of hers with a name still on it? And I don't care because sometimes I said, sometimes I hear my voice and it's been Silent all these years. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Who are you a Tori Amos fan? I mean, who isn't? I am. I mean, Lonnie, yeah. Franco, Tori. Ani, I mean, it's like I all mean, those times. All uh, the lesbian music. Yeah, love it. Love that lesbian music. So, okay, so you weren't publicly out during the show. And then I was leaving the show and I wrote a book called Find Me. Right. Mm-hmm. About my life and about an adoption agency that I had. Uh-huh. And what of the specific cases that I got involved with, of all the cases, hundreds of cases of people calling for information about adoption and placement of children. This one just sort of caught my eye. And it turned out to be a woman with dissociative identity disorder. And so that book came out. And in that book was just the reference of just mentioning Kelly and just talking about, right, it wasn't like a big outing announcement but what happened was 9-11 happened right before the Mm -hmm. book came out and I felt so bad publicizing it it felt like in this world yeah right you're gonna sit there and my book and let me talk to you about my sad childhood as we see people jumping out of the buildings right yeah I I felt like the timing was really awful about that and then I wrote another book celebrity detox but by that time I was out so after my show, you know, I had never shown my kids on TV. Mm-hmm. And after 9-11, that day I did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I just felt like you never know when the world's going yeah. like, right. to take away everything that you love. Ugh. And you better, you know, claim your love for, for who you do. Mm-hmm. So I remember I showed them on that. And that was like a big turning point in my life. But I didn't know how to sort of live with it. I went on stage sometimes doing stand-up, and I'd try to bring it up, or I'd try to bring it up with John McDaniel, who was also gay. Mm -hmm. And we both kind of didn't know the language of how you talk about being gay in a society in 1996 Mm -hmm. when nobody was talking about it. They really weren't. Things have come a long way. I mean, it's we talk a lot about what it's like for the kids, but I feel like for your kids, it's... I mean, you're so famous that it's like you being gay is just like a drop in the hat. Like you're Rosie O'Donnell, you know? So I don't know. Did yeah, it impact much, them? Or? They're much more like affected by the Trump stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They're much more affected by, you know, like my daughter will say, mom, did you have to say what you say? I saw it on the news. I'm like, honey, this to. is a time where everybody is going to be asked what they did to try to fight yes. this yes. forge yes. and this man. This You'll is, be proud of me one day. Right. Yeah. This is pre-Germany Hitler and mm-hmm. everyone needs to be awake and on their toes, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And those with the microphone have a duty to speak to it, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about, like, LGBTQ families and, and where we are with the administration and, and where things are right now? Well, this administration, you can't look at it for anything. No. You can't yeah. look to it for any policy. You know, all it is is sort of hatred yeah. and bigotry and prejudice, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. And Ugliness. when you when they're able to violate the civil rights of people who are in the armed forces who are trans yeah. and they're mm-hmm. able to say, we don't want you back after serving or we want to strip you of you. I mean, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. And this was a guy who was not particularly anti-gay before he got in there. Yeah. He kind of just, he goes with whatever current he feels yes. is going to be the big winner or the yeah. big, he has no kind of standing ground morals in any no. shape it's or form. It's just about staying in power for him. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen when he gets impeached and then, you know, he doesn't go very, down without a fight. I mean, we saw it on The View when you were on The View and you guys had that feud. Yeah. That was my first 
notice of how crazy that man is, honestly. Mine too. You unearthed something. Well, I told the truth, and that's the thing that gets him the most. Yeah, because he doesn't ever. Well, and what I looked up (laughs) on Wikipedia... All was available at my fingertips. It wasn't like I had to do Ronan Farrow investigative <laughs> journalism to find out these facts about. It was available to any single reporter yeah. from the moment he went down those escalator steps and, and condemned Mexicans as rapists. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of the end. And yeah. so when I said what I said, it was quite a shock to him. And the vengeance with which he retaliated was like a decade long. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. It's still, yeah, I mean, it's no, still going. still going at it's the still debates, going. remember? I feel like the yeah. only good he thing we can you. say is that he's stopped attacking you because he's attacking everyone else. Exactly. Like that's, that's but be- he'll still find ways to do it. He'll still well, at slip the debate, you in. He did at yeah, the debate that's when right. they said, you know, you whatever you called women cows and pigs and dogs and horrible. And he goes, nope, only Rosie O'Donnell. I and can't the part even. Of, about that that's hurtful was the laughter in yeah, the audience. The yeah. It's like that- he has the ability to change the public perception of whoever he wants. Yeah. He can take Bill Taylor today, <sighs> ambassador, mm-hmm. and diminish him and deride yeah. him and. Cr- 50 years of public service, yep. right? Any person that goes against him. He fabricates. Yeah. He lies whole... and lies and lies. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to be affiliated or connected with the most evil man that's ever held the office. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think, how did this get to be my life? To be one of his main <laughs> targets, really. Really. And to be the first one that called him out. You yeah. know? Yes. To yeah. be the original whistleblower of Trump. There you yeah. go. Right. That's something to take right down in the books. Yeah. But what what is, you know, he, I don't really know much that he's done for gay families or even talked about them or even. No. Well, he wrapped himself in a a rainbow flag during the election. He did. Yeah. He's letting Pence, but it doesn't matter what his beliefs, what anything, he's going to go with what what Pence wants and what Pence wants is to get rid of us all. I think it's about the base. I think he thinks the people that can keep him in office believe the stuff yeah. and so he's just but like that I'm gonna base give you that. is not as big as he thinks it is I hope not that's what Rosie. I believe you know when I used to get like some hate mail and you'd be like oh my god what you said something about Cubans and you'd get all this hate mail you can't, <laughs> you find out it's from one computer in Philadelphia <laughs> right remember when we would go through that I was like oh no oh no we're under attack no you're not it's one guy sitting in his house like you know so I don't think that it's as big as I I think that the real American spirit is going to come up and uh oh, I hope you're right I I have to believe it because mm. the level of depression that I went through when he was elected my therapist said to me the day before I said you know I'm going to do this new pilot for this Showtime series and I'm going to be alone on election night. Do you think Mm. I should be worried? (laughs) Rosie, you know, Rosie, we've always talked about your negative cycling. (laughs) You keep negatively recycling all of the... No one thinks he's going to win, Rosie. No one. I called her up that night, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Is she still your therapist? No, she moved, thank God. Oh my God. But now I have a good one, so I'm good. I'm in good hands. All right, well, that's good. Happy for you. And she's gay. Oh, good. Yeah, and she uh, is. Are we all so happy? We're always like, yay. I know. (laughs) So I was like, look how nice. It's a sisterhood. We have to tell our listeners that when we walk in, Rosie was like, so are you all lesbians? We were like, yes. (laughs) Which I like. You know, it's Thank God. Wouldn't it be funny to have a gay family show and nobody's gay? That'd be a problem. Hey, Jamie, did you know that we're in the middle of engagement season right now? 
That's a thing. No, it is. Oh wait, you know what? Anne and I got engaged in December, right before Christmas. So oh my I god, guess just, it is a thing, right? Just think about how far we've come with gay marriages since oh, we were totally. legalized. You feel so taboo. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, for a lot of our friends who came, it was like their first mm-hmm. gay wedding, and now they're like everywhere. Everybody's doing it. But I remember how scared I was to get gay married in front of all my friends. I it was like coming out all over again. It's scary. Well, the good news, I can't help your fear, but I can tell you that Zola is here to make gay weddings easier. Oh. Zola. Makes wedding planning easier and less stressful with wedding websites, registries, invites, and a guest list manager, and it's all in one place. Dang, having that would have made my life so much less stressful when planning this wedding. Well, I mean, Zola's taken away the stress. They've got free wedding website designs. Oh, I'm used to make Mary do mine, but that would have been a lot easier. (laughs) Poor Mary. Um, You can create your site in just minutes, and they've got hundreds of gorgeous designs. Oh, and your guests can RSVP right on your page, and they can shop for your registry right on that site. You know, speaking of registries, they have the highest rated registry of all time. Mm -hmm. You're not just limited to gifts on Zola. You can also register for experiences and honeymoon funds. Get that money. Amazing. Get that money. And they offer all the benefits you and your guests could possibly want in a registry. It's really great. Oh, and plus... Plus, they offer beautiful, affordable invites and paper. Mm. You can just get it all there. You Everything can see there. the dates, invites, thank yous, and they're going to help you collect your addresses and track online Love RSVPs it. with their free guest list manager. I have the hardest time tracking guests. Oh my God, I can't track anything. <laughs> Zola has helped 1 million couples get married, and they will help you too. So sign up at Zola.com slash OCT today, and you can use our promo code paper 30 to get 30% off your invites and paper order. That's Zola.com slash OCT and promo code paper 30. That's P-A-P-E-R 30. Do it. Do it. Or is there anything you want to tell our listeners that they should be, you know, like advocating for or working? Well, the foster care system is a mess and it needs to be burnt down and starting from the ground zero to rebuild the whole thing Mm -hmm. so that there's more accountability. There are mm-hmm. half a million kids in foster care and only 300,000 licensed foster homes. So mm-hmm. that's 200,000 kids. And these are stats from years, you know, like a decade ago. So they're probably not accurately, but it's it's near this range where there are 200 kids with literally no place mm. to go. And they just keep being moved around and then they age out. And the amount of death that in jail incarceration that happens to these kids is really shocking mm. that the government gives you a thousand dollars if you're lucky in a yep. state that they do that and and good luck out and in the world you on yeah. Your way. Yeah. and not have a home for thanksgiving not have a home for the rest of your life I did mean, you foster ever yes you did foster yes when parker was seven there was a girl in miami who was brutally raped in a one-bedroom apartment <gasps> in little havana and it was on the local news and i couldn't get it out of my head and knowing that they they were the same age. Yeah. She was seven. She was seven. God. And the doctor came to our house because Parker was sick. And I said, by chance, what hospital are you in? And he said, the one that she was at. And I said, did you hear, you know, the girl who was raped? And he said, my college roommate is her doctor. Mm. And I was like, well, I would like to go visit her if it's possible. And, you know, my show was on at the time. So they, of course, arranged for me to get sure. to this place where the kids were in protective custody. And I walked in and there was only one toddler bed. And so I knew who it was because there was only one little kid. The rest of them were were teenagers. Mm -hmm. And I brought gifts for the, you know, little beanie babies and jewelry. And 
she was running around. I didn't even get to talk to her. And I was talking to the older girls saying, you know, when I was a kid, there was a chance I would have been in a place like this. And I want you to know when you see people on TV, that could have been you, that can be you. And like they'd raise their hand and go, yeah, but uh, do you know Ricky Martin? And I'd be like, okay. Wait, yeah, he's gay. I would be like, I'm telling you, like, what, you know, my heart felt trying not to cry. You know, I I would have been one of you kids. Do you think Drake is handsome? I'm like, oh, Jesus. You're like, not really. So she comes in the room, everyone is left, and she asks if there's a beanie baby, and she only speaks Spanish, and I only speak a little Spanish. So uh, she wants to show me her room. So they were like, oh, I guess let her go. So they came with me, and we went to her room. And she said, see, I got this other beanie baby from my doctor. And I'm thinking, yeah, the one who stitched her up, right? (sighs) And so I went and I would visit her like every month or so trying to see if she was adoptable or what would happen. It turned out that the father came back into the picture and she ended up being reunited with the father who was not around when this event happened. But I went to court and I saw the mother. And one of the last days I went to visit her, there were two little kids sitting there, three and five holding hands. Mm. And I was on my way out and I said, who are they? And they said, well, they're going into um, a mental hospital. I said, they're three and five. And they said, well, the mother's schizophrenic and they're found naked on the beach and Ugh. getting garbage. And and so we're, we they failed out of 30 foster homes. Oh my God. And we're going to take them to an, a hospital right now. I said, okay, put them in my car. I'll take them. Because I had had my foster care license. I got it when I met that little girl, Cassandra. And so I took them home. Again, did not call Kelly. (laughs) Okay. I wonder what happened there. I don't know, but we didn't seem to have the same. It didn't make it. No, it didn't make it. We were, we had different agendas and ways of living in the world. And so I brought home these two kids and the boy we kept for like two weeks, but he was so violent and mostly to her. Yeah. To the little to the little sister. sister who, you know, and here they are. They can't imagine. Imagine what they were living in. They no. come to my right. Star Island right. estate. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl we kept for like two and a half years. And then there was the lawsuit that gay people couldn't adopt in yeah. Florida. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so my friend's sister, who was married to a man, they adopted her and she is now 21 years old. Oh, okay. And we still see her and she's doing good. Oh, so it's I mean, it a very like you just hard. Do what you can. Fostering is you yeah. have to have a you uh, got to have thick skin with fostering. You really do, but I I think it's a challenge that I would take again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I the, would, do you would. know what happened to the boy? He went to a therapeutic foster home placement. Okay, where he was the only child. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully that worked out. Yeah, I can yeah. see when you know Dakota gets older. If there's not a baby around, you know, oh. at first Parker was like, you're adopting a baby at 50 and you had a heart attack. I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, but I was out at my therapist's through that heart attack. So. Exactly. <laughs> and then he said, you know, after the baby was like born like six month old, he goes, you know, mom, you're just happier with a baby around. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's so true. But, you know, you have to some point move on to the next phase of your life. Right. I keep grabbing backwards, you know, like to I, I was your you age. Do. I don't know that you do. Well, I just think. Thank you so much for doing this with yes. us. I mean, oh, this it's so was, fun. I mean, this was Our amazing. listeners are going to be thrilled. They're going to lose I'm their so mind. I'm so glad. Thrilled. We took some really creepy um, videos in the elevator of us getting really excited on the way up. So oh, <laughs> you'll good. see all those on the social media. <laughs> Excellent. Of us acting really unprofessional and like, you know. Well, thanks for having Thank you. Yes. Thank, Thank you for you. coming. 
Holy shit. I just. Oh my God. I, you're going to see oh on our God. social media feed, all these videos of us <laughs> after the interview, just doing this. I, uh, I just, oh my God. I just, um, I don't, I, I just, I was, uh, was he? <laughs> oh my God. Because oh it was God. like, and I'm still just doing that. Actually, I mean, she is the pinnacle of the of, of people Rosie we wanted O'Donnell. to interview, and she's a trailblazer. And every once in a while, I would be sitting there, and then I would just look over and be like, oh, Rosie I'm O'Donnell. talking to Rosie O'Donnell yeah. right now." Right. No, it's, it's really fantastic, and she was great, and she was so open. open. And just Rosie, thank sharing. you for opening it up, opening up, and just and you for know. just trailblazing and and just doing yeah. it, like. Yeah. Uh, for all the things, just thank important. you. No, Import- like, she's an important person no, in our she's a fucking icon. gay parenting journey yeah. and many other uh, The journeys. part that I thought was really incredible was her saying that she told executives before, like they could have just said, we're not doing that show. I know. They could have very well I been know. like, that's too risky. It was so risky yeah. then. Yeah. I just, I'm she's, like, forget about all the fanning. She's ballsy. Like, fangirling. She's I just, just ballsy as fuck. Yeah. And just like, what an amazing person to just open her home and Ugh. just constantly being like, I, mean, I really do think that she would have had 47 kids. If <laughs> I she think could've. so. Yeah. She might add more to She's the brood. Probably still gonna. Um, but I also want to say that we've been in many people's houses to record and that was by far the quietest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> amazing. It was quiet and delightful. Yeah. And we were in her house. We were in Rosie O'Donnell's house. No I mean, that was big no too. Deal. So you should have seen us on, like, on the street. We got there so early. So we were just standing <laughs> on the street. We do this every time we have to... <laughs> Interview have, a celebrity have, because we have good etiquette. We want to be there on time, obviously. So when we get there ethic. early, we wait outside and just stand there like yeah. stalker people. And the doorman was watching us like taking videos. Because <laughs> by the way, that we still can't stop ourselves from taking social media videos. Like we're going up, <laughs> assholes. I'm in shock. All I'm right. in awe, and I feel fulfilled. Oh, <laughs> I love like leaving on a good word. I feel I want to say like content, mm. and also like. I, I want to say hashtag blessed, but I want to punch myself in the <laughs> face for saying it. Say I, but it's, it's not about the hashtag blessed. I feel like <laughs> I feel just so much like Jamie. We have been working, and we manifested this, and I'm proud of well, us. Well, listen, I'm when proud we of us. started this, no, take that in, take that in, Jamie. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. Should we touch? No, <laughs> stop it. I don't want to touch you. Um, all right, so all right, let's let's, keep let's the- all just take a deep cleansing breath together. <sighs> And then let's keep this conversation let's going. Let's keep it going. Uh, we, you Wait, can, oh. I want to say this. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell started following us on Instagram. She sure did. If you're not following us on Instagram, something's wrong with you. <laughs> you better get on there. Get on. And you can get us on Instagram at ovaries underscore talk on Insta. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter, ovaries talk. And if these ovaries could talk on the Facebook, the yeah. book of the Fache. We and don't also, forget. Mm-hmm, yeah. We have a private uh community there uh in the facebook yeah it's called if these ovaries could talk and and you can also join our patreon community which is patreon.com slash ovaries talk and we just that's we're gonna have all kinds of extra content Mm -hmm. we're gonna have like an extended conversation about rosie and about what the experience was like on our patreon um, we sure are so we can't stop talking about it more than anyone (laughs) wants to hear um all right so I mean, that's going to be our grandkids. I know you met Rosie Rosie O'Donnell. (laughs) Shut up. It's going to be our kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And thank you to our sponsors. This is Elle, Storyworth, and Zola. Thanks for helping us make our show possible. Thank you guys. Seriously. Thank you. Okay. I mean, I feel like let's, let's exit. Let's exit. Oh my God! Let's exit. That was I meant. I was saying like eggs. Eggs. It. Let's exit. Exit. Interesting. Eggs. Ovaries. Out. Out. Ovaries could talk. They would say. Eggs. Ovaries.
Peace out.